The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. And today is March 19th, and yesterday was March 18th. We had a message from Our Lady that was very, very important, especially in a time when what we're lacking so much in the vision of people's opinion and their ideas and what they should base these on, that already comes and shows us there is something absolute, unwavering, you can't mitigate it, you can't change it, you can't alter it, you can't legislate it away. And yet we have every people saying, this is my opinion, or my opinion is this or that. Don't base what you believe on opinions. Yes, you can have opinions whether chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream is the best. But there's absolutes in regarding to what is light and what is truth. It's not a matter of chocolate or vanilla ice cream. And so we have a chocolate and vanilla ice cream culture. Everything's based in, well, this is what I like. This is what you like. Okay, I accept that you like chocolate ice cream, but I don't eat it because I like vanilla. Who's right? Who's wrong in that? And we've shifted the whole 
domain of truth into a zone that is based on opinion or what you feel, not truth. Because you can't say absolute chocolate ice cream is the best or vanilla. Absolutely, this is the best. Because one's wrong, one is right, if you put it in that situation. And in that case, this is by taste. I learned a long time ago when I was in business. You don't argue taste. People's tastes are different. Yes, they can be changed. They can be altered. But we live in a culture that lacks absolutism. And absolute is truth. And what truth has become to people is what surrounds them and their opinions and what is their truth. My truth is this. And I don't base it on except what my environment, my education, the way I was raised, how I believe, what I watch, what I see, if I'm into the movies or TV, or whether I'm in not do that, you'll have different truths. Everybody looks good in their own eyes because we have relativism that's relative to you. What's related to you, your mother and father, your brother and your sister, your grandfather, your grandmother. So what is related to you and your beliefs not based on truth is relative truth. It's your relative. It's your cousin. When you start professing about a real truth that's biblical, well, this is my opinion. So that's the first mentality that has to be shot down and understand relative truth. It is related to you just like a blood relative. This is my truth. This is what I carry around. This is what I believe. What's it based on? Nothing. The world, which only distances you from God. But if you really want to speak, you want to have authority, you want to say what you're supposed to say, and say it with clear convictions and with ease, then you base your truth on the Ten Commandments, on the Scriptures, on God's words, what the church teaches. And many in the church have teachers teaching relative truth, mitigating truth. Can't be part truth and part no is, is putting a yes and a no or a no and a yes. Revelation says, I'll spew you out of my mouth for those who are on both sides of the fence. It's either yes or it's either no. It's either true or it's false. Glitter from Satan or truth from God. So it's worthy enough for us to mention this annual apparition Mariana gets to say, see what our lady calls us to. Her once a year apparition evidently has significance. It's something that's going to come to it back in the future. We spoke about this for over an hour last night on the show. You should listen to that show. But a lady said yesterday, I'm imploring you, children, cleanse your hearts of sin and lift them up to God to eternal life. I imploring you, be vigilant and open for truth. Why? Because we're not open for truth. Why? Because we follow relative truth what the world teaches us. And she says, do not permit for all that is of this earth to distance you from true condition of the contentment and the communion with my son. You're not going to follow his precepts. And it's not just 10 lists of commandments. Those are commentaried on throughout the scriptures. The whole scripture is a commentary on the 10 commandments. So you can't just say, Okay, it doesn't say in the Ten Commandments. It says it in the Bible. A lot of truth that gives you the slant on what the Ten Commandments mean. 
Our Lady says, I am leading you on the way of true wisdom. Do you want that? You want your relative truth. One leads to eternal life, communion with her son, and contentment. One leads to discontentment, being out of communion with God, and to Satan, being in communion with him instead. I'm leading you on the way of true wisdom because only with true wisdom can you come to know the true peace and the true good. You will never know true peace if you're endorsing sin. You're trying to legislate it into the bodies of the, of the governments and its, and its courts. Or if you're just for that, if you're not a judge sitting on that, you can't be for that. Do not waste time asking for the signs of the Heavenly Father because he has already given you the greatest sign, which is my son, her son, commentaries throughout the Bible about truth. You either accept it or you reject it. You can't be in the middle. You can pretend, well, that's my opinion. You can buy the lie that's been put forth in the court about marriage, which is only one marriage can be. Everything else is a false marriage, an abominable false marriage, along with many other things that's happening in the culture. Therefore, my children, pray so that the Holy Spirit can lead you into truth, can help you to come to know it, and through that knowledge of the truth, that you can be one with the Heavenly Father and with my Son. Do you know, if you're tolerant of what's happening now in this country, that the Alabama Supreme Court we spoke about last Mesonomics, last Thursday, is the only court in this nation that has fully stood up against the feds, federal government and what the Supreme Court is trying to do, what it wants to do in June. We have a showdown coming in June, a big showdown. They're going to rule on it. There's only one thing that may be standing in the way. And that's the Alabama Supreme Court and this, this state of Alabama. If you don't understand that, if you think it's wrong, you think this is politicizing apparitions, you don't even know what these apparitions are about. You have no idea. She's coming to change the culture. You don't think she wants to change that to get it back on truth between man and woman? You're warped. You're deformed in your mentality. You need a new mentality. You need conversion to truth. And here it is, not even hardly a week later after we give this real strong show last week, our lady comes, which is about truth. Our lady comes and speaks truth eight times. She says, truer truth. No, our lady didn't follow me. She pre-inspired me with what she was going to say on this anniversary for Mariana's apparition. Therefore, my children, pray so that the Holy Spirit can lead you into truth, can help you to come to know it, and through that knowledge of the truth that you will be one with the Heavenly Father and my Son. That is the cognition which gives happiness on earth and opens the door to eternal life. You will never have happiness if you follow your own truth related to you rather than related to Jesus the Son, God the Father, the Scriptures, and the Ten Commandments. I'm going to read a, a feedback that came in actually just today. And it has been edited. It has subject matter that we do not uh, say. And a friend of Medjugorje has seen this through the message of Our Lady that there are things, words that she will not say. And in that is a message as well. So he began to see that it's at the word level where the battles need to take place. Once you accept certain vocabulary, then you've lost, you've already lost the battles. So he has put into our mission that we simply do not accept certain vocabulary. And so that's also going to be reflected in this letter that was edited. 
says, I absolutely love the Blessed Mother and that she's been appearing for so long. I've been to Caritas twice in 2011 and 2013 while the Blessed Mother has been there. I'm particularly upset by sodomites being referred to as abominables. My son is one of these. And I can assure you, as can he, that he did not choose that. He was so distraught that I would reject him once he told me. A sin is a sin. I don't believe that abominable lifestyles was referenced in the Ten Commandments. So people that don't observe Sundays and people that commit adultery and people that murder others should be referenced as abominables in my opinion. God forbid one of your children feel that they are an abominable. People say that God doesn't make mistakes, yet children are born with physical and mental deformities all the time. So until you call every person that is violating the Ten Commandments as an abominable, and I believe that applies to all of us, then that word probably shouldn't be used. Thank God for his mercy. We are all sinners, and not one of our sins is greater than any other. This is a relative truth definition. A perfect example Sure, I can assure you that he did not choose that. All sin is chosen. She says, I don't believe that a bottom lifestyle choice is referred to in the Ten Commandments. Read Romans 1, 18.32. Jesus calls it abominable. And our war starts with words because you're not doing anybody a service by not saying what it is that they're doing. This word is used because the word of God refers to it that way. Yes, there's other abominable behavior, but I don't know of any thief out there that shall not steal that's running around saying it's okay and I'm going to legislate this and I'm going to go to court and fight it and if anybody just discriminate against me because I was born kleptomaniac, which means somebody who's compulsively stealing. You're not born a kleptomaniac and you're not born an abominable. He was distraught that I would reject him when he told me. She's the problem. She's scared to tell him the truth which would give him the opportunity to decide against sin and all she did was enforce and support of sin. Yes, you love, and God loves a sinner. But you don't love them if you tolerate and enforce it and say, well, okay, I just accept that. She's complicit with this. That's not mercy. That's not good. That's not what Jesus would do. I don't believe that sodomites, and that's the word we changed, because she's using the sweet little three-letter word, which is their game, which is their agenda, which is the word they choose themselves for you to use for them, that you come and play on their home field. So nothing will cause any kind of scratching of their conscience. No, it's abominable. Why is it abominable? Why is that your word used? Because this isn't just a natural violation. 
This is an action, the reverse of what God had made. People may sin, they may be promiscuous, whatever may happen, they may be doing, all of which is against the Ten Commandments, true. All of which can send you to hell, yes, it can. But it's different when you stick your fist in front of God's face and we're going to change the law. We're going to get married. We're going to do this. And you're going to accept this culture because you're saying that to God. That's who it's abominable to. And God sees sin as sin because he's, he's judging somebody today that's going to heaven or hell that may went for being a thief and one for abominable. Both went to hell. It's true. But one is recoverable in the culture. One is not recoverable in the culture because it degrades the culture where it will lead to all the sins of theft, lying, and everything associated with it. This is a perverse sin. That's scriptural. So when she says it's not referred to in the Ten Commandments, this is absurd. She refers to Sunday and people who commit adultery and people who murder. She be referred to as bondables in my, quote, she says, in my opinion. There's the key words, in my opinion. Jesus told the adulteress, go sin no more. He said it. He saved her and he redeemed her. And I'm, I'm paying a price, but don't do this no more. She tells her son, okay, that's what you are. I just accept that. She didn't say go sin no more. She won't even call it sin. In fact, she don't even believe it's tied to the Ten Commandments. She believes that people that are in the other basic sins of the Ten Commandments, that they are, they're more wrong because he's born this way. He can't help it. So people are born adulterers. They're born thieves. See how stupid this is? See how ignorant this is? They're always having to come say, you don't even have divine wisdom. You don't have your intellect infused with divine wisdom. She says, God forbid that any of your children are bondable. Yes, God forbid that. Because I raised my children to, to know, be against this, to see that this is a very perverse sin against the whole world, against culture. It's when God come back time. It's ingrained in them. Because I knew they were going to be trying to be indoctrinated by others in the society. I saw this coming before it was even popular where they were going because they don't stop. They didn't stop at Sodom. They had everybody they wanted to be with in Sodom and they had to come to Lot's two sons. Everybody else was doing it. Everybody. Or either tolerant to it. And yet they still had to go after the other, other two. And Lot had to leave with his two sons because God was going to destroy Sodom. That's where Sodomites come from. That's the name. People say that God does not make mistakes. And then she goes for deformities. This is not deformity. This is not a baby pig being born with two heads or a human being being born baby with seven toes. This is a thought process, a mentality. This is a learned behavior. You know, they've done a study on twins that's identical. Some of them die within a couple hours. They've done studies through this. Genetically, they make up because if they're born this way, genetically, they'll be tied genetically. And they've had twins that they studied over the last 25 years. That's identical twins that one is a sodomite and the other is not. So if it's genetics, that right there is scientifically proven that it can't be because they both have the same genetics. Put that one in your top hat. It's easy to refute these things. I can go on about these things, but I won't. Thank God for his mercy. We're all sinners. Yes, we're all sinners. 
That's how they qualify themselves. Well, I'm a sinner. I always say that. And she goes on and says, not one sin is greater than any other. Yes, different sins can send you to hell. All sins punished. There's consequences to atonement. All sins have to be confessed. But there's greater gravity to different sins and what's committed. So don't put them all in the same box. Yes, God sees it. And there's people in hell filled with all kinds of different sins from one side of the spectrum to the other. And the Bible does say in the book of James, you violate one commandment, you violate them all. That's true. But when we accept and we try to legislate, this is going over. It's one thing if somebody's confused. They've been raised this way. Or the parents, and this is the parent problem. This son's problem is a mother problem. Because if she's where she is there, what was she raising him with, being told her with? How did she raise him? What did she instruct him? Did she counter-indoctrinate him against the doctrinations going on at schools? No. Because if she did, she wouldn't be writing me a letter trying to defend this position, which is indefensible because it's untruth. And really, the problem with this whole thing, this is a sign of what's coming from the pulpits. Big problem. Francis did an interview, and he was asked the question, what do you say to those who believe in God, but they just don't believe in priests? He says, I can understand that. There are many priests who by their lives aren't worthy of belief. This woman couldn't be saying this if her purpose wasn't saying nothing in silence. You priests and you parishioners with you priests, tell them to speak out on the truth on this. You want to hear it. You want your children to hear it. But I'd be even discretionary with the children. We don't want our children to hear these words. But you better got, start going to the adults. Because truth is in danger of being lost. And Alabama Supreme Court is standing on truth, not 99% truth, because a lot of times you can say, well, they ain't complete. They are on the truth on this, and they will win even if they lose. Because truth resurrects. You can never diminish it. You never can wash it away. The wind can't destroy it. It's on the foundation, and God is its foundation. So you need to move your mentality. This woman, I'm appealing to you. That you change your mentality. You be strong with your son. You study Romans 1, 18 32. You love your son, then you go after that and you tell him what sin is. Sin is sin. And don't try to rationalize away because somebody else is stealing or somebody else is in adultery. You can't do that. This is a sin that goes beyond that and destructive. Yes, adultery is destructive. Yes, that shall not kill is destructive. But it don't have the civilization consequences when you start going to children and teaching them that. I don't know really of a murderer that we want to teach a little kid or a seven-year-old kid and indoctrinate that murder is okay. It's a Hitler's. And I don't know somebody that's a thief that's going to have a school for thievery and want to put that in public education. These people are putting this in public education. It's the thought process. It's not a deformity. It's not birth-oriented. This comes from... A writing of a friend of Medjugorje called Witnessing the Death of Civilization. It speaks about this topic and was written, I guess, about five years ago. He writes, It is not accepted of those who claim a right to run a red light that they should have the freedom to do so. Why do we not allow such a right? What if they say, I cannot help it. I confess I was born a red light runner. I therefore want the public to accept me for who and what I am. 
Would this be absurd? Of course it would. But far more absurd is to accept and give rights to immoral behavior. Throughout our culture, there are agendas set in motion with countless efforts to force society to accept as normal behavior, abnormal behavior. This always, always leads to the destruction of the culture, turning it into a past civilization. If there is no public resistance and the reversing of these agendas and laws, many Christians think, well, if this group or another group wants the right to live sin, they should have that right. It's their business. Many Christians say, who am I to say others cannot be socially accepted if they are living in sin? Then who are you to stop a stoplight runner who believes it is his right to run red lights? Should not have that right. Of course you would say, no, you have no right, even though you believe you should have the right to run a red light. But why? Because there are things that are right and wrong by nature. There is a black and white difference. There is no gray zone. In fact, as clear as this example is, as to the damaging consequences of being a red light runner, this example still leans more to a gray zone when compared to the sinful behavior that many Christians are giving way to having protected in our law and culture. In this latter scenario, there is no area of grayness. Studying history, the prevalent immorality cultured in society is shown more dangerous than people who began running red lights as their right. Running red lights would hurt or kill some, but public acceptance of sin and allowing it to enter the life of the culture without resistance and stopping it leads to the whole public being hurt and killed. God's judgment visits not only those who choose to live depraved lifestyles, but also those who accept it into society. Do you not get it? Do you not see the lie? Do you not see the truth? You cannot live, go to church, and yet accept pagan ways in the culture without the whole civilization dying. With acceptance, even though you do not agree with the sin, you become an accessory. The attitude that says, Who am I to say to another, we will not accept blatant sin in the culture, will cause you to be judged with the sin. We had the Presbyterians, a denomination of 10,000 churches, nearly 1.8 million people who just voted to accept this. The church just committed death. You'll have some of those congregations relieve. The rest will crash and fall just like the Episcopals are. Then you have the Alabama Supreme Court standing on truth stronger than the churches. It's amazing. Peter Sprigg says, I think what is happening in Alabama shows that the federal courts, including the U.S. Supreme Court, should not necessarily operate on the expectation that everyone on the state level will simply roll over and play dead because the federal court expresses its opinion on this issue. He says, there are limits on how much the court can impose the will simply by virtue of their prestige and so forth, and they're going beyond anything found in the text of the Constitution. We've got a right. The Alabama Supreme Court has a right to stand up against this. Matt Starver says, he's, he's the founder of Liberty Council, he's fighting this case with the Supreme Court, he says, to defeat this federal ruling, he says, we need them to know where we stand. 
Tell them now that if they cross this line, he's talking about the U.S. Supreme Court, if they cross this line, they'll become an illegitimate institution that the Supreme Court will lose respect of the American people and therefore lose its authority. Well, I agree with what he's saying, but it's beyond that. They have lost their authority. They have no authority. Just they've done it with Obamacare and other things, and now with this, it's just a more physical evidence that they have no authority because no man on earth, anywhere, any place, any nation, any authority can violate and make a judgment and pass legislation that violates so clearly God's law because it doesn't exist. We went on that last week. You need to listen to that show. It's, it's natural law. No man can pass legislation and nobody is obligated for that passage of legislation that's untrue to obey it. And so here we are. We find ourselves with these things spreading, but we have an opportunity. Go back and listen to last week's show. We're, we're printing right now envelopes to all the justices, the attorney general, and the state to make it easy for you to write a letter and drop it in the envelope. We're mailing this to the Words of Harvesters. If you're listening to this, you want a copy, you call this 205-672-2000. And especially if you're from foreign countries, you call and get this. Write a letter to say to the Supreme Court, we support you and we want you in June to stand up against, even to the level of civil disobedience, against the U.S. Supreme Court because they have no authority to do what they do. And the only way to defeat this is to defy it. And we're within our bounds. We're within the church's grace and we're within God's grace to do so. Frank? I would just say, why does Our Lady come and tell us every Thursday to read Jesus' words in Matthew that tell us how to have contentment, how we'll be able to, to eat and have our basic needs met and, and be content? And Jesus tells us that we must seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be yours besides. And so it is in conversion that we're going to be able to eat, and we're going to be able to have our needs met. And if you tolerate these things, you're not seeking God first. And I agree with a friend of Medjugorje to speak very strongly when you're condoning something abominable in our beloved nation. If you cannot condone this, you cannot tolerate it, and so many people are tolerating it, you have to speak strongly against it. And this is seeking first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness so that all these needs will be met and so that we'll have contentment. If I, if I can change gears a little bit, I read an article that's, that's very important on how we do these things because there's a, a couple other things that testify to our work and what we do at, at Global Silver Investors. You have the, the article, was called The World's Highest Paid Hedge Fund Manager is Running Scared. And he says the stock market is dangerous here. And we know in 2007 when we peaked, I think it took about six years till we were back at that peak. The world's highest paid hedge fund manager says stocks are dangerous. We have a, a parabola in the dollar. The, the U.S. dollar index has went from a climb to shooting straight up. We're up over 25% in 10 months. And we have silver below the cost of mining. It's not hard to figure out what to do. You can't be in the bond, the stock and bond type investments here. And when we seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, we see these things. We see that Our Lady gave a message 
that said, spread the devotion and the carrying of the miraculous medal, and pray for the salvation of those carrying the miraculous medal. We have something here that is very important that we understand, and it's very important that we exit these markets that very intelligent people are, are seeing that they're not a safe place to be. And so that's the purpose of the Miraculous Mother Magic Glory Round, and that's why we're here to help you with these things, but it just makes, it makes no sense to be in those type of investments when you can be moving towards the things Our Lady is showing us, like land, you know, silver's a good temporary place to get out of this and then to start getting into land to fundamental glory. says a lot of times if you have great means, build community. You can build, you know, buy land and build houses on that land. People, you know, will come like minded people and you can form a way of life. As Our Lady has, I know, shown you for years that Caritas is a model of what, you know, the world will be the Christian world in the future. So, And a return to that natural way of life will return to God's truth. And it's, it should be noted that a good majority of what a friend of Majora spoke about today and these groups of people who advocate these things, that, that residence usually is within cities or larger metropolitan areas where there's large populations of people together, confined, and you don't really necessarily find this in people who live a more natural life out in the country. And so uh, that's something Our Lady is leading us to. She said, go out in creation, have an encounter with God. A friend of mine, you already spoken about this over and over and over again. And so to get towards that, you can contact Frank to help uh, secure some of your financial means right now. And Frank, if you want to give your contact information so people can get in touch with you. Yes. Um, our toll-free number is 877-936-7686. Our website is globalsilverinvestors.com, and you can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And, of course, everything's tied to the economy, even this lifestyle that we've been speaking about in this program and what we're facing, that as we degradate financially materialism, we go from one sin to the next, to abortion, to that, and to the final sin where God has to come out and correct a belief of untruth that's so pervasive that we're teaching children as little as in the first grade that this is okay, that God is not going to sit there and let this continue. So financial punishment is one of the things that's coming, and you need to be ready for that. First, repent for your own sins, and then for those who believe that it's okay to do this sin we've been discussing, there's some organizations out there that can help you. There's one that was started by actually former people that had lived this lifestyle, and they realized as a Christian they could not live this anymore, and by the grace of God, they help others to get out of it. It's called Exodus. This mom needs to sit there and work on that and get her son out of this instead of supporting it. Just say, well, that's the way he is. The only thing I don't approve of with these organizations is several of them work toward abstinence rather than saying, you're not this way. So they quit believing that. They profess Jesus. But they have an acceptance. Well, this is the way I am. This is a lie. That's part of the lie to continue to always be tempted. You're not that way. You're not born that way. It's a learned behavior, and it's a chosen behavior. Yes, you need to fast. You need the strength. And for those who are the ones that's truly abominable in this, whether it's somebody just a weakness or something, they're not confused, they don't want to be this way, or those who are trying to pass legislation, proactivists, and normalize it, it's okay. 
There's another organization started by a Catholic priest called Courage. Again, if these organizations profess that, okay, you're just this way, just don't, don't practice. That's why the Catholic Church got in trouble. They're allowing seminarians to come in. Okay, I'm this way. They, they confess or say or after they do the interviews, we just don't practice it. That's garbage. You're not that way. You can't go to confession and say you're stealing if you don't make a commitment not to steal anymore. And you're not a thief anymore. So don't accept this. This is part of the big lie of this whole sin. Well, we just got to accept it. So this mother is giving bad advice. She's way off base. She's on relative truth. And she needs more prayer than he does. She's a product of guilt of what she's done and what she's showing. And so I can't say nothing. And just to interject here, the organizations that you're referring to or that the organizations that a friend of Medjugorje is referring to here, uh, Exodus International, available through alanchambers.org. That's A-L-A-N-C-H-A-M-B-E-R-S dot O-R-G. And that's Exodus International. The organization that was started by the Catholic priest is called CourageRC.org. Again, that's C-O-U-R-A-G-E-R-C dot O-R-G. Stand on principles. Be who you are. Be a follower of Jesus. Follower of Lady. It's not always pleasant. But it's going to win because truth will always win in the end. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomic show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. The left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.